0: Catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired
1: we love God we ought to be able
0: to talk about him getting you started on your day with the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between it's serious it's fun it's your Catholic drive time with Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz.
2: praise be to Jesus Christ welcome back to Catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired I'm your host Joe McClain. it's great to be on with you how's your morning going I don't know what's on your schedule. I don't know what you have to face today, but we're going to be praying about your intentions and everything that you have to deal with today. We'll be bringing those to our lady here in just a few minutes. Got a great program lined up for you today. Emily Alcrez is uh, still not with us today, but sitting in her seat is uh, a volunteer, Fran Fawcett. Good morning, Fran. Good morning, Fran. Good morning, Joe. Thanks for volunteering today. <laughs> oh,
3: delighted to do it.
2: Praise be to Jesus. We're excited to have you in the studio uh, reading the news for us here in a few minutes. But uh, you're, a, you're a veteran journalist, so this is like old, good old times.
3: Uh, I spent about 30 years doing it. Uh, very little radio, however.
2: Well, welcome to the broadcast. <laughs> thank, you, thank you.
3: Thank you. Honored to be here.
2: On the program today, Michael Hichborn from the Lepanto Institute. He is going to be on with us in the What's Concerning Us segment. Uh, Brand new report out about the Capital Campaign for Human Development uh, sort of misleading the bishops uh, about the funding of certain organizations. Mike will give us the lowdown on that. And then Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle will be on in our guest segment this first hour. She's going to be talking about her book, Advent with Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, So it's Fatima's uh, important apparition in the church's history. And Advent is... Almost over. We've got just over a week left to go in the season of Advent, so why not? Let's start now by, uh, by uh, taking Advent just to the next level, right? So uh, Donna Marie Cooper will help us with that. If you're going to hang out with us in the next hour, we'd love to have you. Uh, we'll have uh, guest Alex Trevino from Mission 180 on to talk about evangelization, catechesis, forming, forming the family. We'll be discussing that with him in the next hour, plus our, our game show Fear and trembling will be uh, available in the next hour, and prizes are involved, so stick around for that. But right now, let's draw together our intentions, whatever you have to face today, whatever your needs are, your material, your physical, your your spiritual needs, whatever stresses you're you're facing right now, whatever's going on in your life, let's bring them together. I pray for our our, our, our radio apostolate. I pray for this this radio show. I pray for all the gear and the equipment and all of our people, and especially I pray for... For Emily and what, uh, you know, hopefully she's getting some rest and will be back with us very soon. So let's bring those intentions to Our Lady that she may whisper them into the ear of her son, that he may draw us ever so more intimately into the most sacred heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided inspired by this confidence i fly unto thee o virgin of virgins my mother to thee do i come before thee i stand sinful and sorrowful a mother of the word incarnate despise not my petitions but in thy mercy hear and answer me amen in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost and now the headlines with fran
3: fawcett thank you joe an appeals court struck down nevada's coronavirus rules for houses of worship The Ninth Court of Appeals stated on December 15th that, quote, the restrictions effectively barring many from attending religious services strike at the very heart of the First Amendment's guarantee of religious liberty. Churches in New York, California, Colorado, and Nevada have now won their appeals for relief against COVID restrictions following the Brooklyn Diocese win. In India, the nation's top court is considering banning the Sacrament of Confession, the case arose in June of 2018 when the Orthodox Church suspended five priests following allegations of sexual abuse. The public interest litigation before the courts now claims the priests abused a mother by using her confession secrets to blackmail her. Back here in the US, Joe Biden's nominee for the Office of Management of Budget, Nira Tandon, has a history of anti-religious advocacy. Tandon is president and CEO of the Center for American Progress, a major advocate of the federal mandate used against the Little Sisters of the Poor. A stunning political upset in Austin, Republican Mackenzie Kelly defeated Democrat incumbent Jimmy Flanagan in Tuesday's runoff. He's a ringleader of the far left. Kelly ran on a platform of restoring police department funding and ending the city's homeless camping ordinance. A second Republican running on the same platform came within a few hundred votes of unse- unseating another Austin incumbent. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops' reliance on the Catholic Campaign for Human Development is facing stiff criticism. According to a Lepanto Institute detailed video, the Campaign for Human Development is guilty of, quote, boldly lying to the bishops and, quote, wild inaccuracies. The Lepanto Institute reports that the bishops were apparently deceived into actively supporting the election of Joe Biden and the defeat of Donald Trump. Michael Hitchborn, president of the Lepanto Institute, will be on with Joe McClain in a short while with further details. Cardinal Raymond Burke is warning that the Great Reset Initiative of the World Economic Forum is an effort to seize, quote, governing power over the United States. He warns that this new packaging of Marxist materialism has many nations in the throes of a most alarming crisis, seeking to manipulate citizens and nations through ignorance and fear. In his homily on the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, Cardinal Burke was critical of church leaders for not condemning the Great Reset. He said many in the hierarchy want to accommodate the church to the world instead of calling the world to conversion. And in what seems a Babylon Bee story, but is not, the University of Texas School of Journalism is introducing two awards with $5,000 prizes. The Dan Rather Medals for News and Guts will recognize college and professional journalists who, quote, overcome obstacles like stonewalling and harassment to speak truth to power. Texan Dan Rather, along of CBS News, had to step down for mendacity in 2014. And those are our news headlines with a Catholic perspective.
2: Thank you, Fran. Uh, St. John of Maffa, pray for us, born about the year 1160, June 23rd, actually, in Provence, France. Uh, he would earn his doctorate in theology and be ordained from in Paris, France in eleven ninety seven uh, but he wanted to become a hermit. In fact, he found a uh, uh, a companion of sorts to become a hermit, uh, saint Felix of Valois and But on his very first mass, uh, he received a vision: an angel placed two hands over the heads of slaves, knelt beside him. And on the breast of this angel was a cross, a a red vertical and a blue horizontal. He didn't quite know what that meant, but one day, while sitting beside a stream with St. Felix of Valois, the two of them both received another vision. This was a stag, and between whose antlers were suspended the blue and red cross. And they realized that they were being called to something in particular. And they would go on to found the Trinitarians or Redemptorists and Pope Innocent III would give them their blessing in 1209. This order would go and help to uh, bring the freedom, the release of captives under the Moors. Uh, These were crusaders who were captured or battled or pilgrims making their way to the Holy Land, and they were being held as slaves or, or or captors. He was able to release hundreds of them, actually, over the course of his life. And so great was this opportunity to bring this new hospital or order to, to fruition that even today they still celebrate over 800 years of history. 600 members exist even to this day, thanks, thanks to St. John and St. Felix and many others who gave themselves over to releasing captives. I mean, what an am- amazing thing. Could you imagine today if there was such an order that might go to, say, Nigeria To Boko Haram, who just kidnapped nearly 700 schoolboys just this past weekend and could get them released. What an amazing thing. What an amazing opportunity we might have for an order such as this to come to our aid once again. St. John of Matha passed away in 1223 in Rome of natural causes on December the 12th. St. John of Matha, pray for us. And now, the gospel of the day, and this is the doozy. This is the one all lectors every single year. They they just, they take a deep sigh. It comes from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. It's the genealogies. Here we go. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham became the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah became the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Peres became the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Aminadab. Aminadab became the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Solomon. Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz became the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed became the father of Jesse. Jesse, the father of David, the king. David became the father of Solomon, whose mother had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon became the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, Abijah the father of Asaph, Asaph became the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat the father of Jerome. Jerome the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah became the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Amos. Amos the father of Josiah, Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the Babylonian exile. After the Babylonian exile, Jeconiah became the father of Shiletil. Shiletil became the father of Zerobabel, Zerubbabel became the father of Abiud. Abiud the father of Eliakim. Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok. Zadok became the father of Akim, Akim the father of Elud. Elud the father of Eleazar. Elazar became the father of Mathan. Mathan the father of Jacob. Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Of her was born Jesus who is called the Christ. Thus, the total number of generations from Abraham to David is 14 generations. From David to the Babylonian exile, 14 generations. From the Babylonian exile to the Christ, 14 generations. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That's a fun one. Whew. Yeah, that sounds like a
4: mess. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm glad you had to read that, not me.
2: Yes, well, okay, so really quickly here. So uh, 14 generations. When St. Matthew gives us that clue to interpreting uh, this whole passage, uh, it's very important for us to pay attention to that. There are three sets of 14 generations. Why is 14 important? One, because the name David, uh, when you take the numerical value of its consonants, it adds up to 14. Right. So, David, uh it, you're basically seeing a repeat. David, David, David. It's a clear indication using this very um agenda-driven uh genealogy that Jesus is the son of David. And we know that from Luke's gospel the angel Gabriel said it to our lady, but it, Matthew is h- pounding this in. He is really hammering this thought to to the Jews whom this letter was written to. Right. Matthew is using the numbers, the numerology in order as a pawn
4: to get across his yes. his idea of uh, <laughs> of the of the Jewish Messiah. Yes, um,
2: as you can see that as contrasted against the other genealogies. And you know he doesn't even bother to include all of the names in the genealogies. He he eliminates one some, uh, just because it doesn't matter. He's trying to make a point. It's not that it's an actual list of all the people in the line. It's mu- it's more that he's trying to make a point. Jesus is the son of David. And the Son of God and the Messiah that was promised that would come from the seed of Abraham. He is the promised one. So get on board. <laughs> that, that's, it's a pretty clear message there, and I love the fact that he also includes these women, and and you know, and it's sort of like stingers, right? Because on uh, I think everybody but uh, Ruth had you know so, sort of a not a very good background, right? Well, I mean, even even Ruth,
4: she was a Gentile; she wasn't even a Jew, right? So that was and like all the women in this in uh, that's included in the genealogy are not uh, perfect by Jewish standards. And uh, some are worse than others, obviously, yes. but uh, and Ruth is her her main issue is that she wasn 't Jewish, yes. uh, she was a Gentile, so that I mean we see that in the genealogy of Christ himself, yeah. we see uh, this kind of redemption of those who
2: are not perfect, not just the Jews right. but also the Gentiles, yes, so the kingdom of God will be open to all human beings, not just uh, the the sons and daughters of Israel, but rather. All human beings all over the planet. And I love that line in the second uh, stanza there. Uh, David became the father of Solomon, whose, wa- whose mother had been the wife of Uriah.
4: <laughs> That's like, pow! Yeah, she was the wife until
2: he
5: murdered him. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's like, wow. Oh, I mean, man.
2: that is like a, a punch in the gut right there. That's so funny to read that. But it just also illustrates that even, you know, our Lord has come to save sinners. He has come to save the lost. You know, uh, this isn't uh, a situation where all of these uh, figures in our in our history of salvation are uh, uh, looked at through this rosy lens of perfection. They weren't. They were a complicated and fallen people, also in need of salvation. and uh, And our Lord has come to provide that. So you know, and then you, of course you get down to to Joseph. You know. Uh, Joseph, the husband of Mary. I love that. The husband of Mary. Of her, of her, not uh, not the loins of Joseph, but of her was born Jesus, who was called the Christ. So what a gospel today. Boy, that's a tongue twister, and I'm glad I, I stumbled through it. We have uh, Michael Hitchmore coming up in our What's Concerning Hour, our segment coming up next. So don't go anywhere. More of Catholic Drive Time is on the way. Plus, we have Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle about her Fatima and Advent book all coming up this hour. So stick around. More to come. We are back.
6: Don, why do Catholics confess their sins to a priest rather than going directly to God?
7: Because that's the way God set things up for us to receive His forgiveness. In James five sixteen, God through sacred Scripture commands us to confess our sins to one another. Scripture does not say confess your sins straight to God and only to God. It says confess your sins to one another. In Matthew chapter nine verse six, Jesus tells us that He was given authority on earth to forgive sins. And then Scripture proceeds to tell us in verse 8 that this authority was given to men, plural. In John 20, verse 21, Jesus says to his disciples, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. How did the Father send Jesus? Well, we just saw in Matthew 9 that the Father sent Jesus with the authority on earth to forgive sins. Now Jesus sends out his disciples as the Father has sent him. So what authority must Jesus be sending his disciples out with? The authority on earth to forgive sins. And listen to the next two verses. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Why would Jesus give the apostles the power to forgive or retain sins if he wasn't expecting folks to confess their sins to them? That's crazy. And how could they forgive or retain sins if no one was confessing their sins to them? The Bible tells us to confess our sins to one another. It also tells us that God gave men the authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus sends out his disciples with the authority on earth to forgive sins. When Catholics confess our sins to a priest, we are simply following the plan laid down by Jesus Christ. He forgives sins through the priest. It is God's power, but he exercises that power through the ministry of the priest.
1: a beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe
6: Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
2: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's great to be on with you. We're hoping to speak with uh, Michael Hitchborn from Lepanto Institute about his report uh, from the Capital Campaign for Human Development. Uh, we'll, hopefully he'll be on in just a moment from now. There's several stories in the What's Concerning Us section that I wanted to bring up today. But before we do that, there is breaking news uh, out of the Vatican, Adrian. I think you have the latest.
4: Yes, absolutely. Uh, I just saw uh, Cardinal uh, Sarah, Sarah, who is the prefect of the Congre- Congregation of Divine Worship, easy for me to say, uh, is uh, he just released a letter giving permission to all priests, to give a communion or to celebrate as many masses as necessary for the Feast of uh, Christmas, uh, and I believe the Feast of Epiphany as well. Uh, the letter was in Latin, and I haven't seen a translation yet, so that was me doing my best uh, Latin translation. Not great Latinist, but that, that's from what I can understand. It seems as though that's what uh, Cardinal Sarah was getting, uh, giving across. Uh, was that... All priests now have permission to celebrate as many masses as necessary because traditionally a priest could only have permission to do about two or three masses. It's been extended to a few more than that by a lot of bishops, but now Cardinal Sarah has given that blanket permission to all priests across the world for that permission. So there Praise you go. God
2: for that. I know there are many people uh, who are concerned that they would not be able to Attend Holy Mass this Christmas, especially Midnight Mass. You know, it's such a sacred tradition of the Church. So, uh, what a what a blessing, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I think. I mean, it's it's a
4: it's sad in one sense because it's not um, it's not great for priests to have to celebrate five masses a day, mm-hmm. uh, but it is good because I mean, we have it's it's very important that we have the Mass. And the fact that, that the lay faithful will be able to go to Christmas Mass, I find to be incredibly important. And I praise God that at least we're getting this uh, this blessing.
2: Okay, uh, as we wait for uh, Michael Hitchborn from Lepanto Institute to jump on with us, there's another story. There's several stories I would love to chat about. Uh, Zuckerberg giving $500 million, uh to help to... Uh, Fund through organizations uh, to push things more to the left in the election. That was a very concerning story. Amistad reported on that. The vaccine safety website and ex-pharma Brandy Vaughn, who was very outspoken. She used to work for Merck. She was uh, found dead over the weekend. I keep forgetting about that story. She put out Back in 2019, she put out a video of how she was being harassed. Uh, People were breaking into her home and leaving these subtle little hints that she was being watched and tapped. And she bought a big security system and she put it out on Facebook that she is not suicidal, not taking drugs, you know, is not at all interested in dying. And she even said,
4: because uh, they heard the reports of her death. Say that she uh, died of, I think, gallbladder problems. Yes. But she even said she put out in a Facebook post that her friends she asked her friends to screenshot and repost if something happened to her that she had just taken out life insurance and mm-hmm. was required to go and get a full examination, health examination. And she said she was found to be in perfect health.
2: So that story's linked up at A uh, Very concerning story. there. watching the video of her detailing all the intrusions into her home and the creepy things that the people were doing to her. Um, it, 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 it makes your skin crawl a little bit to think about it. Um, how they ha- how they knew what her security code, her security system passcodes were and, and all of that. It was just really, really creepy. It's all linked up. You can look for the video over there at lifesizenews.com, com. Let me say that one more time, news.com Another story I found on Life Site that is uh, very concerning is, uh, which I think is also a good thing, is forty sex abuse survivors launch forty million dollar lawsuit wow. against Pornhub wow. for profiting from illegal vids. I mean, it's kind of insane to think about that. These people were victims. In many cases, so in other words, there was a there was an organization who was um, creating pornography videos, and they were. Distributing and making money off of Pornhub with these videos, but these people were victims they, in many cases, they were being held in hotel rooms against their will and they were being um, uh, molested. And so these people had already sued that other organization and now they're suing uh, Pornhub because Pornhub refused to take those videos down. And then uh, all of a sudden, when this came up, Pornhub deleted 60% of their content in order to avoid uh, the accountability. Mm. And uh, so it's a kind of a – it's a disgusting case to me.
4: Absolutely. And the craziest thing is people are like, well, I mean, Pornhub fixed the problem, right? They fixed the problem. Mm. Except you're going to trust an organization that has been uh, dealing in sex trafficking of – not only uh, just rape and things like that, but also underage yeah. uh, sex trafficking. That's that's absurd. You're gonna trust the people that would be willing to do that for years. Oh, they took down sixty thousand videos out of how many? Out of millions of videos? Yeah. That that's it's not it's not comparable. The, uh, the they they need their just desserts, uh, which honestly I the however. Harsh we can punish them is how harsh we
2: should punish them. So here's a line from the article. Again, LifeSiteNews.com. We'll link to them over at Facebook.com forward slash GRN online. Just look for the live video of this show. I usually post the links to the articles we talk about there. Uh, it says, in January, survivors of a porn production company called Girls Do Porn uh, won $12.7 million from the company. With the men who ran that organization are still facing federal sex trafficking charges. Praise be to Jesus. It says the civil suit detailed the threats, manipulation, grooming, and deceit uh, utilized by these people to accumulate the material. The victims were at times trapped in their hotel rooms. Wow. This is disgusting. (laughs) Pornography hurts, it destroys, it consumes. It treats people like they're objects, not human beings, and it should really bother us.
3: Well, and, and especially should bother us that um, this area is one of the prime um, uh, areas of, of capturing people and using, for, using them for that purpose, particularly with illegal immigration. Yeah. right
4: that 's right in Houston we have uh, that 's where we 're located uh, we have one of the we 're like the uh, sex trafficking hub mm. in America, and in fact, I remember back when I was in high school, there was a huge bust at Hobby airport, a airport that 's about was about ten minutes from my house of a sex trafficking bust right outside of Hobby Airport. Wow, uh, I remember that very vividly in high school because it was all over the news and it 's sad it 's in our backyard and yet we turn a blind eye to it. I mean on my way home. From uh, work every day, I see uh, the, there 's a, a the street where people you see a sex workers so called sex workers out on the streets walking the streets it 's terrifyingly sad yeah it's, and now, it's tragic.
3: and now all the people out of work with no money and um, all of the the restaurants all the you know work shutting down, mm. people are getting desperate and it, it this this whole shutdown has so much more consequence than we 're discussing
2: there was a story also of Ocasio uh, Cortez who was mm. uh, <laughs> a- applauding someone who went to u- pornography in order to make ends meet and uh, and she was sort of justifying you know that uh, this is work, sex work is just work she says but that's that 's insane this is an attack against the dignity of the human person, and it we should be, as Catholics, speaking out about this stuff. We should be talking about this, and certainly we should uh, deal with the issues that cause uh, financial uh, difficulty and try to alleviate those as well. But we cannot allow this progressive concept of sexuality being used as like a drug or a consumer product. It is an affront to the dignity of the human person, and it will destroy and consume even more people. Uh, I I remember watching some documentaries on the subject of uh, people who were in the business and how destroyed their lives were. We talked about that with Joseph Chambra a couple, maybe a month and a half ago, because he had worked in the business. And it's it's a devastating thing. But we turn a blind eye because... Uh, we don't want our our sexual uh, sexual preferences to be attacked or criticized or hampered in any way. But the human person is designed in a certain way by God Himself, and when we tamper with that, bad things happen, and we're seeing that. So I'm very happy that these people are are, are pursuing legal action, and uh, and hopefully some remedies will be given to them. But how can you how can you rectify so much um, uh, emotional, mental, spiritual damage? as a result of this type of thing. It's, it's mind-boggling to me. Well, uh, we've been trying to get Michael Hitchborn on the line. I'm not sure what the status is there. We might have to have him come back on a different day. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, coming up here in just a little while, we're going to have uh, Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle from, um, about her book, Advent, with Our Lady of Fatima. And in the book, she details several stories of different saints, including the shepherd children there at Fatima. Fatima, obviously a monumental uh, apparition in the history of our church, one I think we should pay attention to in these times. Speaking of which, one last story before we go to break. Uh, did you hear the blood of Januarius did not liquefy yesterday? That's an interesting turn of events. So it, it liquefies, I think, on three three days per year. Uh, there's a May date, there's a September date, and then there's a the December the 16th, which is in honor of the uh, Vesuvius eruption. I think it's 1631. But yesterday in the city of Naples, the blood did not liquefy. Now, it's not the first time that that's happened, but uh, the story goes that when it doesn't happen, when it, when the blood does not liquefy, and you might think, well, whose blood is this? St. Januarius was a bishop in the fourth century in Naples, so he was persecuted uh, at the time, and his blood is kept in a vial, and it's hard, it's solid, for except for these three days where it liquefies. And yesterday it didn't liquefy. And the story goes that if it does not liquefy, it signals war, famine, disease, or disaster. Oh, that's fun! <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but, uh, I
3: think do, we need, hold I on. Think, I don't think we need to worry about this too much right now because um, it's three. It's on three different days of the year. Yeah. And December sixteenth is apparently usually the day that if it's not going to, it's it, not going to. be Yeah. That day is just like <laughs> like not the day.
2: Let's just pray that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're only weeks away from being done with uh, from being done with twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right.
3: I, right. I, I love I love the thing though. The failure of the blood to liquefy is believed to signal war, famine, uh, right. disease. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. It's so yeah, ominous. It's going to be great. It's going to be <laughs> great. Oh, uh, St. January's, pray for us. All right, we're going to go to break, we're going to come back with uh, more breaking news and headlines with Fran Fawcett, our incredible volunteer who's come in to to uh, to uh, sub for Emily while she is out. Let's pray for Emily, and hopefully we'll get uh, Michael Hichborn on another day to catch us up we got great programming on the way, though. In fact, tomorrow, Stephen Mosier from the Population Research Institute is going to be on to talk about China. That's coming up tomorrow. And don't forget, in the next hour, we have the Game Show and Alex Treveno. So, so much still to come, including Donna Marie cooper oboyle We'll be right back. Don't go
8: We have got some good news. The new version of the Guadalupe Radio Network app is out now. The new version offers big improvements with even more on the way. You'll be able to find and listen to your station no matter where you are and switch between our English and Spanish stations with ease. Missed your favorite GRN show? You can find all past episodes as podcasts on the app. To download or update the app, search your app store for the Guadalupe Radio Network.
2: Years ago, when I started acting, modeling, and singing in Mexico, my Catholic faith was not the center of my life. It took me many years to discover that success, fame, money, and all the pleasures of the world were not going to fulfill me. I got to a point in my life where I thought I had everything, but I realized something was missing. Thankfully, I began a faith journey that brought me back to God and home to the Catholic Church. You can too.
9: Discover more at CatholicsComeHome.com
2: Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you this morning. Donna Marie Cooper, a boy, will be on just a little bit to talk about her book about Advent and Fatima. A couple, about a week and a half left in Advent. Advent is one of those poor celebrations, those seasons that get passed over too easily with... Uh, Music in Walmarts and decorations of the neighbors. It's like, oh, man, that's too bad. So hopefully Donna Marie Cooper, oh boy, will help bring us back into the season of Advent. Well, you know, one last opportunity before, before Christmas comes. But that's coming up here in just a few minutes. And then next hour, uh, Alex Trevanio from Mission 180 will be on. But right now we have more of breaking news and headlines with Fran
3: Fawcett. Uh, thank you, Joe. A priest of the Congregation of the Sons of Mary, Mother of Mercy, was kidnapped in Nigeria Tuesday while traveling to say Mass for his father's funeral. His car was forced off the road by four men. His congregation is calling for fervent prayers for Father Valentine's immediate release. An appeals court struck down Nevada's coronavirus rules for houses of worship. The Ninth Court of Appeals stated that the restrictions effectively barring many from attending religious services strike at the very heart of the First Amendment's guarantee of religious liberty. In India, the nation's top court considering banning the sacrament of confession. The case first arose in June of 2018 when the Orthodox Church suspended five priests following allegations of sexual abuse. The public interest litigation claims the priests abused a mother by using her confession secrets to blackmail her. Back in the US, Joe Biden's nominee for the Office of Management and Budget, Neera Tandon, has a history of anti-religious advocacy. The CEO of the Center for American Progress is a major advocate of the federal mandate used against the Little Sisters of the Poor. Cardinal Raymond Burke is warning that the Great Reset Initiative of the World Economic Forum is an effort to seize, quote, governing power over the United States In seeming to lend credence to Burke's fears. The news out this morning from a Vatican diplomat, Archbishop Richard Gallagher, Paul Richard Gallagher, head of the Holy See Secretariat of State's Diplomatic Affairs, said, quote, "...COVID-19 proves the urgent need for a globalization of solidarity and for greater investment in integral security and new models of global cooperation." Uh, Gallagher spoke at a book event promoting the booklet, A World Free from Nuclear Weapons, the Vatican Conference on Disarmament, which took place in 2017. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops reliance on the cap- on the Catholic Campaign for Human Development facing stiff criticism. According to a Lepanto Institute detailed video, the Campaign for Human Development is guilty of boldly lying to the bishops with, quote, wild inaccuracies. The Lepanto Institute reports that the bishops were apparently deceived into a- actively supporting the election of Joe Biden and the defeat of Donald Trump. And in what seems a Babylon B story but is not, the University of Texas School of Journalism is introducing two awards with $5,000 prizes. The Dan Rather Medals for News and Guts will recognize college and professional journalists who, quote, overcome obstacles like stonewalling and harassment to speak truth to power. Texan Dan Rather, along of CBS News, had to step down for mendacity in 2014. And that... Are those? Those are your headlines. And when is Emily coming back?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Fran. We're so grateful that you're uh, coming in coming in this early in the morning to volunteer for us. So uh, praise be to Jesus. Hats off to you. Uh, that is amazing. All right. So uh, that's your headline. You're better than me. I know. Me too. So, Fran Fawcett, everybody. All right. So joining us right now by phone is uh, Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle. She's got a book on Advent with Our Lady of Fatima from the Sophia Institute Press. Uh, where she tracks the lives of certain saintly souls, and especially those related to Our Lady of Fatima, and uh, draws us ever so closer to our Lord in this holy season of Advent, and preparing us not just for the incarnation of Christ, but for the second coming as well. And I love that uh, double layer there. That's fantastic. So good morning, Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle. Thanks for being on with us.
6: Good morning. Thank you very much for having me on your show.
2: Praise be to Jesus. Uh, Advent, uh, have you uh, lights up on your house, Christmas tree already going? I mean, uh, so how do you celebrate Advent, Don? Let's start with there.
6: Oh, hey, that's a great question. Well, it's funny because it's different every year. And um, with the pandemic, I've heard from so many people who have told me that they have, you know, put their tree up a little earlier because it's just, you know, a crazy time. Mm. But um, I like to I like to stretch it out. I like to um, you know really celebrate the Advent season because I think it's lost a lot. Uh, we lose it. <laughs> we get so busy. And um, so my tree is up. You'll see it if you watch uh, EWTN News Nightly tonight because I use that as my backdrop on my Skype interview yesterday just to be a little festive. But uh, the tree is up. But that doesn't mean we're not celebrating Advent. You know, first we just did the white lights on it to look like candles, and then I finally put the ornaments on just recently. So,
10: mm.
6: uh, you know, it's it's such an important time, like you said, to, um, you know, prepare our hearts for the Christ child, but also the second coming. People forget that part as well, the second coming of mm. Christ.
10: So, Amen. So, you know,
6: in our Holy Mother Church, it is so smart to give us this, these you know, four weeks, this time to to pause. It's hard to pause when the, you know, the advertising frenzy is going, cr- you know, just beckoning exactly. for your attention and everything, you know, and especially during the pandemic, it seems, you know, even crazier and a little bit more urgent to like, oh, I got to get that present. I got to get that online because it's not, everything's delayed and this and that, and we have all these pressures, mm. but we have to carve that time out to pray because if we're not praying, you know, we're just going to fall into the traps and we're just going to get caught up in other things. So it's really important to take the time <clears throat> and to pray and to invite the saintly guides, <laughs> you know, that our our favorite saints and maybe some saints from my book, you know, to help us to learn from them, you know, to be edified from um, by their beautiful holy example.
2: Yeah, I'm a bit of a Bah humbug though. Um, oh, you amen. are. Amen. He you know, is. Uh, <laughs> he is a huge Bah humbug. <laughs> You've been talking to my wife again. I can tell. Uh, My my wife just loves to celebrate uh, Christmas and uh, and Advent in particular. But uh, so like the the neighbors all have lights up. I mean, I was in Walmart before Thanksgiving, and it was Christmas music playing. The 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 seasonal section was already set up for Christmas shopping, and I'm like, we haven't even had Thanksgiving yet, folks, and we're already dealing with. uh, with this stuff. So I, I like to drag it out, you know, and until t- Christmas time starts. Then I'm like, okay, we can finally put some stuff up. But my wife, she, she really loves to decorate. She really loves the season. She really mm. loves to get the most out of it. And uh, if it wasn't for her, my poor children would probably have no... <laughs> no, seasonal life at the house. But uh, I think there's a lot of people that might be feeling like I do. They feel like the—I the, don't want to be—like, I don't want my emotions tied to a consumerist calendar. Does that right. make sense?
6: Yeah, you're not bah humbug. You're just—you're you're trying to celebrate the season and the the holy season in the way in which it should be celebrated. And it's really, it's Christmas and beyond the 12 days of Christmas, but we forget about that, too. Yeah. You know, we're in such a rush to do everything— but I'm not, I don't blame anybody who wants to decorate um, and, and be festive. I think that's wonderful, as long as you make sure to, to partake in the season of Advent, too, mm. to take that time, those four weeks. You know, we still have some time in Advent left. We, I could know.
11: we can really half, dig
6: right? in and prepare our hearts. We could really, you know, try to carve that time out to make sure we, we do it. And if it gets interrupted, as it does in families, you know, don't don't worry and, you know, throw in the towel and say, oh, forget it. I can't do this. <laughs> you know, I try to do it at the breakfast table with the family or I try to do this and everybody's, you know, running around or spilling a drink or whatever. Just don't worry. Do it again later on and, you know, pick up the book. Uh, and just do that little reflection at some point gather everyone together and you're really creating memories you're laying down traditions you're mm. you're setting this up for your children's future domestic churches you know that prayer time that you lay out for them that foundation really finds its way into their their lives even later on so while we're thinking we're just kind of wrangling kids or <laughs> and and thinking how holy is this you know We've got to keep uh we have to be patient, we have to dole out the tenderness and forgiveness, of mm-hmm. course, use the virtues Don't- be de- regimented and say you're going to sit down. You're going to pray, whether you like it or not. <laughs> We're not going to do that. We're yeah.
4: not going to do that. Yeah, we, Donna Marie, uh, it was interesting you brought up earlier um, that during this time, it's and it's also good to be looking forward not only to the Nativity but also to the Second Coming of Christ. And uh, on our Facebook ta- Facebook page, Catholic Drive Time, we I've been doing a meditations on the Four Last Things by Father Von Kochem, right. and uh, I just started thinking about that because we just finished doing judgment because last week was a meditation on judgment. This week is a meditation on hell. Um, and mm-hmm. we kind of have lost this kind of—we we have this sense of Advent as this joyful time and not really a time of meditation on the four last things, on right. the second coming of Christ and in and, and the second coming. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be uh, rainbows and butterflies. Mm.
6: Right oh, I'm so glad that you're you're doing that on the Facebook page. You'll have to check that out. And it's so important, you know, to, to tell people about this so they're not, <clears throat> you know, caught up in, all, like you said, the rainbows and butterflies. I mean, this is the, the week now, joyful week in Advent. And we, you know, we know the priests wore their rose-colored vestments and Caudente Sunday, and it is a, a time of joy, <clears throat> excuse me, this week. But we have to dig into our faith, and we have mm. to... To think about those four last things, we're supposed to be getting our our hearts ready. That conversion of heart is supposed to be an everyday occurrence, not just once in a lifetime. You know, so we need we need to pray. And you know, in the past few years, um, I'd never planned this, but God has me preaching on hell. Wow! <laughs> hell,
10: wow! The consequence
6: awesome. of sin. Uh, you know, the, the the existence of hell, the consequence of sin. People don't want to hear that, but no. Our Lady of Fatima, you know. <laughs> didn't hesitate to show a vision of hell to three young children, you know, and it was so impressed upon their hearts, engraved upon their hearts, little Jacinta, I mean, all three of them, but she just spent every moment praying, saying, oh, those poor sinners burning in hell, Yeah, and she would offer sacrifices and penance so that, you know, for the people who don't have anybody to pray for them, the people who you know, are living crazy lives. We're all sinners, but I mean, there's so many people that really need our prayers and penance, and that is a way to prepare our hearts. That is a way to help for the second coming.
2: Hold that thought. Don't go anywhere. We're going to have more with uh, Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle about her book, Fatima and Advent, published by Sophia Institute Press, coming up after the break. And plus, in the next hour, we have more great content with Alex Trevano and a game show and more. Stick around. More Catholic Drive Times coming up next.
12: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Mm. Have you ever noticed that sometimes it's hard to get along with your family? That sometimes the people in your family are downright uncongenial? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that is precisely why the family is so important. Because it is often uncongenial. Every family is filled with the same problematical people that you find everywhere else. And so, anyone revolting against the family is simply revolting against mankind. As Chesterton says, Aunt Elizabeth is unreasonable, like mankind. Papa is excitable, like mankind. Our youngest brother is mischievous, like mankind. And so, if we can get along with our family, we can get along with anyone. Want more than a minute? Visit our website chesterton.org
9: Over the years, people were treated as less than human because they were a different race, a different faith, or vulnerable. But over time, we must learn that we are all God's children, created in his image, that all human creation has an inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, a right to love and be loved. So let's cherish the sanctity of life, because we know how it feels when others treat us as less than human.
2: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. We're talking with Don Marie Cooper of Boyle about her book, Advent, with Our Lady of Fatima. She joins us by phone. Welcome back to the show.
6: Thank you. Are you saying that to me or everybody else? You <laughs>
2: and them, everyone, all at the same time. See, I meant that, right? Uh, now, I love the connection to Our Lady of Fatima. Our Lady Fatima, such a powerful and important apparition in the Church's history on so many levels. I mean, you mentioned before the break about how she uh, showed the fires of hell, the torments of hell to these children and how it affected them to want to pray even more fervently, do more penances uh, for the salvation of souls, because uh, Our Lady said, look, these souls are going to hell, and nobody's praying for them, nobody's you know there's an opportunity here and i love that and then of course the last apparition in october 1917 uh the holy family appears in the sky mm. after the miracle mm-hmm. of the sun and uh, st joseph appears holding the infant jesus and they be- and they bless the world together and mm-hmm. so I love these connections, and so sort of like all year long in nineteen seventeen, every month after month, there was an anticipation of what was to come in October. So, in in many ways, that was like an Advent as well, right? They were they were waiting in anticipation for this great miracle yeah. that would happen in in. Uh, and what other conclusions did you draw in uh, Advent in Fatima, Donna Marie Cooper Boyle?
6: Wow, well, well, you know Our Lady came down from heaven to really shake us up, to give the world a warning, to help the people who were distraught at the time, the war, the, they were losing hope, and, you know, she came to give them hope, um, but also to kind of shake us up. Our Lord allows His Holy Mother to do that from time to time, and it mm. wasn't just a message for that year, 1917, or the year before when the, the angel appeared to the children. It, it was It's for us today, uh, so much so now, and so... We need to heed her messages. Um, you know, we need to believe her. And the church approved this apparition for a reason. This is authentic. We don't have to believe it. It's it, you know, but it certainly will help us um, to stay the course and to help others to stay the course. Uh, it, we can't go wrong with our Mother Mary. You know, so stick with her. She leads us to her Son. She has so much to teach us. But she didn't smile and you know come with, with like you say rainbows and butterflies i mean she did <laughs> you know she she was there for that great miracle uh in october of course but she she had a, a a worried i won't say worried i'm sorry a very concerned look a sad look on her face when she talked to the children about what's going on in the world about the the state of the soul souls of of you know, these people that she she told the children, we need conversion of heart. It's one of the messages of Fatima. We need to repent from sin, convert our hearts. We need to pray, and we need to do penance. And people yes. might say, well, why do we... What You know, some people might say, well, what's the sense of... Why should I pray for that guy who gave me the finger in traffic? What the heck (laughs) with him? Believe it or not, this happens to me. (laughs) I feel like, why? What am I doing wrong? But the thing is, our Lord is saying to me, pray for him. He might not have anybody else to pray for him. Yes, exactly. So use that opportunity when things go wrong and people do things to you. That's just a little example, but Mm. we all have trials and tribulations. But to, to turn it around by offering it to our Lord and then not only just offering it to God, but praying earnestly for that person. So the world is in need of so much help, and we we look out the door, we turn on the news. Actually, don't turn on the news, I would say. There's just too much going on right now. We need to really be serious about our faith and really pray. Not not to be, you know, gloom and doom or anything like that, but it it is a serious matter. It is very important that we get our lives in order, and not only that, to be that light you know, our lives should be a holy pilgrimage toward heaven, but shining, you know, a bright light for the others in this darkened world.
2: Amen. Talking with Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle about her book Advent with Our Lady of Fatima, I love what you said a minute ago about uh, doing penance and that opportunity to do penance. Uh, I think of Francesco, uh, one of the three shepherd children, how yes. he really transformed after these apparitions. Uh, yes. they, they were, they were. They were infamous, let's just say, about Mm -hmm. cheating on their rosary prayers (laughs) before all of this. But after the apparitions, uh, before he died, um, getting caught up in the Spanish flu— uh, he would spend every opportunity he had praying, especially before a tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really loved to spend time in front of the tabernacle. He didn't give himself over to, to the playtime of his peers. Uh, he wanted to pray and to do penances, and he looked for opportunities to do those penances. Uh, yeah. So yeah. What, what a message we have in that.
4: Yeah, one of the big things that kind of struck me and started getting me to pray the rosary a lot more often is hearing Our Lady Fatima say that, Francesco needed to pray many rosaries mm. to get to heaven. I was yes. like, oh, my goodness, if this young man, this little yes. boy, he needs to pray many rosaries, then how much worse for me? <laughs> oh, my goodness.
10: <laughs>
4: yes, yeah, so for sure.
6: He, he had such a love for our Lord. He would call, you know, his hidden Jesus, and he'd sneak away to the church and just kneel there, or he'd go behind a rock out when, in the fields when they were praying and to be— just with his hidden Jesus, just with Jesus. He'd pray with the group, you know, Uh, but he would also want to be alone with Jesus because he was called to console the heart of Jesus. Mm. And um, uh, Jacinta, I love her so much, she she felt the anguish of Our Lady, and she did everything she could to console Our Lady. And so those children, you know, they, oh my gosh. You know, one time when I was giving this full-day retreat all day long, to this parish, Our Lady of Fatima Parish, actually in Louisiana, um, when I spoke about Jacinta, tears came to my eyes. Um, I hadn't hadn't gotten any sleep the night before. It was a crazy night, so I was really tired. So I was probably, you know, <laughs> it was probably apt to happen that I might get emotional. But speaking about little Jacinta, and when Our Lady said, you know, you could, I can take you soon at, when she came to get Francisco. And she, but she said, "Would you like to stay longer to save more souls?" And she wow. said, "Yeah." She said, yeah. "Yes, she'll stay longer, and she would die by herself." And but just saying that, it just got, to, you know, it just really um, got to me. This little girl who was able to do that. What, what about us? You know. Mm. And I was on Ralph Martin's show a couple of times, and we spoke about Fatima in my books. And and he told me when he gave a talk. Uh, someplace uh, in Europe, Uh, they had to, two of the translators had to be, um, someone had to replace them, two different translators, because they started crying when he talked about Jacinta. Yes, there's something very powerful about that little saint. So I have a relic right here on my desk. I have little um, Francisco here. Oh, wow, that's
4: amazing.
6: We're Jacinta's relic around my neck too. I have another little one inside my locket with Mother
4: Teresa's... <laughs> my little sister chose Jacinta as her confirmation saint because oh. she wanted to uh, do penances like uh, Saint Jacinta.
6: Who's that? Your who? Who's that?
4: My little oh, sister.
6: Uh, oh my yeah. goodness! <laughs> oh, what a special soul she is! Wow, that is so beautiful, little Jacinta. Don't forget, everyone, call upon her. She, one time, she she. Pretty much, uh, she must have bilocated. Sister Lucia said in, him, in her memoirs that mm. uh, there was a man lost in the forest, and little Jacinta showed up to him and showed him how to get out of there. Amazing. And she had no recollection of it at all, but it seems to be that she may have biolocated. And so, you know, we're <laughs> lost in this life. We might be lost in a forest someplace, even just daily. Call on little Jacinta to help you out of that mess.
2: Amen. Uh, yeah, what a I, it's one of the aspects of Fatima that gets overlooked quite a bit. We sort of mm. stop October, you know, 1917 and we don't look further. But in fact, all the way up until Jacinta did finally pass, she was still having uh appar she was still receiving apparitions of our lady and uh yeah. and these visits in the hospital actually. And uh she yeah. didn't she cry a tear of blood as well?
6: She may have. I'm not positive about that. She may have and people would come to visit her, even though she was so sick, um, and, and for her uh, advice and prayer, she was just quite an intercessor, so people really relied on her for a lot. She had a lot of spiritual gifts. She mm. had so many. I want to learn much more about these uh, Fatima visionaries. I did a lot of research, because I wrote three books, actually, on Fatima and fought my dear friend, Father Andrew Apostoli, who was my spiritual director for some time. Mm. And, you know, he's a world-renowned Fatima expert now in heaven. He had so much <laughs> to share with, with me. I, I just love him so much, and call upon him every day, too, for intercession.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned Andrew Apostoli. The first thing I thought about uh, is his series he did on EWTN phew, many years ago now about uh, Venerable Fulton Sheen. And Sheen. Uh, oh, yeah. It was because my first he... exposure to him
6: ordained, Fulton Sheehan ordained Father That's Andrew. Right. yeah. And yeah, they were, uh, he's another one. We really need to be close to the saints. They they help us so much, and they're, yeah. they're, our friend, they're our true friends, and we really need to call upon them and get to know them. You know, the little um, Fatima visionaries could really become your best friends. We're we're
2: almost out of time. We have about just a minute left. The book is called Our Lady of Fatima, or Advent with Our Lady of Fatima. It's published by Sophia Institute Press. You can find it at SophiaInstitutePress.com. We'll also link to the book itself on our live video feed over at facebook.com forward slash GRN online. Uh, but uh, just about a minute to go in our conversation with you, Donna Maria cooper Boyle. How how would you like to, uh, to leave this? I mean, how what is the last bit of advice you can give us to really get the most out of what's left in Advent season?
6: Oh, thank you for asking. <clears throat> that's a big question, but let me just say um, we should be attentive. You know, that's the meaning of Advent, to stay awake. You know, stay awake, Be attentive. So let's be attentive to those opportunities for grace. Let's, you know, look around us and and try to help that person who needs help, whether it be through some kind of communication, you know, social media, uh, in person, whatever it may be. So to carve the time for prayer, you know, to call upon the saints, and you know, with regard to this book, I know we're late in in Advent right now, but there are so many stories in the book about Father Andrew and the children mm. and everyone. So we'll have I'll to leave you. it there.
2: We'll have okay. to we'll have to leave it there. Donna Marie Cooper Boyle, thank you for being on with us today.
6: Thank you so much. God bless you.
2: God bless you too, and uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, have yes. a have a great time with your family and the celebration of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to thank. Fran Fawcett for stepping in this first hour to do the news, and she'll be back with us with more breaking news and stories coming up in just a few minutes in the second hour. So if you can join us for hour number two, uh, we're going to have a great time. Not only do we have the breaking news and stories, we also have the uh, game show Fear and Trembling. Prizes are involved and you could win. We want you to be on that as well as Alex Trevino for Mission 180. A whole show, a whole great time still ahead on Catholic Drive Time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. God bless you.
8: We have got some good news. The new version of the Guadalupe Radio Network app is out now. The new version offers big improvements with even more on the way. You'll be able to find and listen to your station no matter where you are and switch between our English and Spanish stations with ease. Missed your favorite GRN show? You can find all past episodes as podcasts on the app. To download or update the app, search your app store for the Guadalupe Radio Network.
11: The Daily Mass is moving to the afternoon. Holy Mass has been a beloved component of our programming lineup for 20 years in the early morning time slot on the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are excited to announce that the 3 p.m. hour will become a holy hour, starting with the Divine Mercy Chaplet, followed by sacred music or spiritual reflections, and concluding with the Holy Mass at 3.30. The Holy Mass on the Guadalupe Radio Network, every weekday at 3.30 p.m.
1: Atheists often argue they don't need to give reasons for their position because they simply lack a belief in God, the assumption being theists alone have the burden of proof. But is this rational? The answer is no, and here's the reason. Atheism can't simply be a lack of belief. Dogs lack belief in God, but that doesn't make dogs atheists. Atheism makes a claim about the world—namely, God doesn't exist. As such, atheists, along with theists, must shoulder the burden of proof. Even if an atheist says he simply hasn't found any good evidence for God, he would still have to prove why the evidence theists give for God is not good evidence. No matter how an atheist looks at it, he can't sit the sidelines when it comes to defending his position on the question of God's existence. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com.
13: The universe is filled with order from top to bottom. And it's a beautiful order. And not only is it beautiful, it's an order that we can actually comprehend. And it's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe, to be able to contemplate it so that we can see maybe that purpose behind it.
6: Please visit Father Spitzer's website, majacenter.com, to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and God's creation. That's com.
0: Welcome to your
2: Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired.
1: We love God. We ought to be able to talk
0: about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz.
2: Praise the Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's so good to be on with you this morning. How's your morning? I see that sun coming up where I am. I don't know, probably, maybe it's, uh, if you're on the East Coast, you've got a sun already in the sky, but I love, I just love sunrises. It's one of my favorite things ever, sunrises and sunsets. It just inspires, inspires so much awe. You know, Joe, creation it's, of God.
4: it's interesting you mentioned sun to, sunrises. My my sister, when she was uh, my little sister, made our logo for uh, Catholic Drive Time, and she spent a long time trying to figure out how to make the sunrise. She was getting up early and checking out the outside the window, like, okay, so that's how the the colors change like that.
2: It's, yeah, sun sunrises are so beautiful, and Amen. it's impossible to paint perfectly. Well, praise be to Jesus. We have a great show lined up for you today. Emily Alcaraz is still not with us, so keep her in your prayers. Uh, uh, Hopefully she's getting some rest. But Fran Fawcett, our Volunteer of the Year, has stepped up to get up the crack of dawn to be here to read the news. Good morning, Fran.
3: Good morning, Joe.
2: It's good to have you back. we're so blessed to have your uh, incredible experience as a journalist. read our news today. We're just so blessed by that.
3: Well, I am blessed to be here with you guys, and I am just so amazed at the way you keep up with everything (laughs) and the news and manage to talk at the same time, because... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So
2: today on the program, we're going to have Alex will be our guest in this show, Mission 180. Alex has uh, been on one of our other GRN Live programs for... I don't know, several months now. But he's got this incredible outfit called Mission 180. We'll get the lowdown down on that. It's about evangelization. It's about formation, forming whole families even. So he'll give us the latest on all of that. Plus, we have our Fear and Trembling Game Show coming up. All of that on the program today. We want you to be a part of that. All you got to do is call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Uh, But before we do any of that, let's pray. Let's uh, include all of our intentions. So, dear listener, what's on your heart today? What are you facing? What are you looking at right now? We want to uh, include those prayers with ours. I'm praying for our team, our equipment, our, our mission here at the Guadalupe Radio Network and beyond. And let's take all of our intentions and bring them to Our Lady, that she may whisper them into the ear of her Son, that He may draw us ever so much closer to the Sacred Heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Fran Fawcett. Oh,
3: thank you, Joe. Thank you for that wonderful prayer. A priest of the Congregation of the Sons of Mary, Mother of Mercy, was kidnapped in Nigeria Tuesday while traveling to say Mass at his father's funeral. His car was forced off the road by four men. His congregation is calling for fervent prayers for Father Valentine's immediate release. Pro-life leader Abby Johnson released a video statement blasting the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops regarding their recent approval of the abortion-tainted COVID vaccines. The USCCB has said there is a distant connection between abortion and some of the vaccines. Johnson accuses the bishops of talking out of both sides of their mouth, saying abortion is evil and we should not compromise with evil, but it's okay in this situation. The U.S. has said there is such a remote connection to abortion in both the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines that it would be morally justified to get those vaccines. However, the AstraZeneca vaccine is more morally compromised, according to the bishops, and should be avoided if there are alternatives available. An appeals court struck down Nevada's coronavirus rules for houses of worship. The Ninth Court of Appeals stated on December 15th that... The restrictions effectively barring many from attending religious services strike at the very heart of the First Amendment's guarantee of religious liberty. In India, the nation's top court is now considering banning the sacrament of confession. The case arose in June of 2018 when the Orthodox Church suspended five priests following allegations of sexual abuse. The public interest litigation claims the priests abused a mother by using her confession secrets to blackmail her. Back in the U.S., Joe Biden's nominee for the Office of Management and Budget, Nira Tandon, has a history of anti-religious advocacy. Tanden is president and CEO of the Center for American Progress, a major advocate of the federal mandate used against the Little Sisters of the Poor. And the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops' Reliance on the Catholic Campaign for Human Development is facing stiff criticism. According to a Lepanto Institute detailed video, the Campaign for Human Development is guilty of boldly lying to the bishops and, quote, wild inaccuracies. The Lepanto Institute reports that the bishops were apparently deceived into actively supporting the election of Joe Biden and the defeat of Donald Trump. And in what seems a Babylon B story but is not, the University of Texas School of Journalism introducing two awards, $5,000 prizes the Dan Rather medals for news and guts will recognize college and professional journalists who, quote, overcome obstacles like stonewalling and harassment to speak truth to power. Texan Dan Rather, along with CBS News, had to step down for mendacity in 2014. And Joe, those are your headlines.
2: Praise be to Jesus. Thank you, Fran, for that. We're very grateful to you. And uh, St. John of Martha, pray for us. Born June 23rd, 1160 in Provence, France. He would go on to study theology, get a doctorate, as a matter of fact, and be ordained in Paris in 1197. At his very first Mass, he receives a vision, the vision of an angel, uh, who has on his breast a cross, the vertical being red and the horizontal being blue, And the angel had his hands on two slaves who knelt beside him. Didn't quite know what that meant just yet. But after this, uh, St. John wanted to become a hermit. And he found St. Felix of Valois. And the two of them lived in this little hermitage as... uh, not he, At first, it, John thought he would receive instruction in the life of, of perfection and virtue, but St. Felix realized that St. John was no rookie. <laughs> he was well advanced. One day, while the two were sitting next to a stream, they both received a vision. This time it was a white stag in between whose antlers was suspended this same cross that John saw on the breast of the angel at his holy mass. The vertical being red and the uh, horizontal being blue. They would go on to found the Trinitarians, the Hospitaller Order of the Most Holy Trinity. And they would be recognized by Pope Innocent III. Their goal was to ransom captives that were being held prisoner by the Muslims, many of which were pilgrims and some crusaders. They would have to beg for the money to go and ransom these people. But thanks to the work of St. John and even St. Felix and many others that flocked to the side of these holy, holy men, hundreds, literally hundreds were rescued within his lifetime. Today, the order celebrates 800 years, and over 600 members are still around. Praise be to Jesus. St. John would pass in December of 1223. St. John of Matha, pray for us Okay, now the gospel is the hard one. (laughs) This is the one that lectors every year just cringe at. It's the first chapter of Matthew's gospel. It's the first 17 verses. It's the genealogy of Jesus. Here we go. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham became the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah became the father of Perez and Zerah, Whose mother was Tamar. Perez became the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Aminadab. Aminadab became the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Solomon. Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz became the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed became the father of Jesse. Jesse, the father of David, the king. David became the father of Solomon, whose mother had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon became the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam the father of Abijah. Abijah the father of Asveth. Asveth the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat the father of Joram. Joram the father of Uzziah. Uzziah the father of Jotham. Jotham the father of Ahaz. Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah became the father of Manasseh. Manasseh the father of Amos. Amos the father of Josiah. Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers. At the time of the the Babylonian exile. After the Babylonian exile, Jeconiah became the father of Shalitiel. Shalitiel, the father of Zerobabel. Zerobabel, the father of Abiud. Abiud, the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Azor. Azor, the father of Zadok. Zadok became the father of Achim. Achim, the father of Eliud. Eliud, the father of Elizeir. Elizeir became the father of Mathan. Mathan, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Of her, was born Jesus, who was called Christ. Thus, the total number of generations from Abraham to David is 14 generations. From David to Babylonian exile, 14 generations. From the Babylonian exile to the Christ, 14 generations. The Gospel of the Lord. That is a tongue twister, and it uh, it, it I, I think I flubbed, I don't know, four, five, six, or seven, maybe ten of those names. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> it just, it just kind of blazed through it, but uh, real quick, uh, there's a couple of points that we want to make about this that I think are fascinating that some of you may or may not know, I, I don't know, but uh, the 14 is very specific, and Matthew includes that, that interpretive key. He includes that in that last verse there, verse 17. He says, the total number of generations, 14, 14, and 14. Why is 14 in particularly important? Because the name David himself, when you find the numerical values of the Hebrew letters of the consonants, it adds up to 14. So what is Matthew trying to say here? He is trying to say Jesus is the promised Messiah that God himself said would come when you go to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 7. Jesus says that the son of David will be my son. That's in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel Samuel chapter 7. So the Lord himself promised, even through the seed of Abraham, remember when he took back in Genesis, when he said to Abraham that from his seed would come the blessing of all the world? Well, we see that here in this genealogy, which is very specific. So 14, 14, 14, think David, David, David. Jesus is the son of David, as Gabriel told Our Lady in Luke's Gospel. So it's a very powerful use of numbers. Right, absolutely. And I think even
4: further, the the number 14 is also significant. See, Matthew is using numerology as a pawn in his scheme <laughs> to try to uh, get the uh, Jews on there, on his same page. See, the number 7 is also the number of perfection. So mm. it's twice perfection. So 14, 14, 14, yeah. it's twice perfection, three times, which is like the completeness of uh, the fullness of time, because our Lord came in the fullness of time. So I think it's very interesting as well. Uh and not to mention the fact that the uh, the genealogy is filled with sinners. Uh yes. I, all the women that are listed that in the genealogy are sinners except for Ruth who's a pagan. She's a gentile. <laughs>
10: <You're>
2: right. And <laughs> and and the, the, the great-grand or great-grandmother of David. So uh so very in particular uh use there. Trying to tell us something, that Jesus has come not just for the, uh, the children of Israel, but also for all people everywhere throughout the whole world. He would, in fact, be the, uh, the, the blessing to all nations, as was promised to Abraham back in Genesis, as we said. But I really love that uh, verse where it says, David became the father of Solomon, whose mother had been the wife of Uriah. Like yeah, <laughs> that's so dramatic. You know? it's, it's, like, like, it's like, By the way, <laughs> yeah. he killed, he yeah. killed him. <laughs> he, he stole the man's wife and then had him murdered. I mean, essentially, you know. So, it's pretty scandalous there. Yeah, and we think our political leaders gospel. are
10: bad, <laughs> <laughs> right?
2: I mean, and I would love to spend an hour just talking about that passage in uh, in the book of Samuel because David was supposed to be at war. Instead, he was being lazy and complacent and enjoying the the pleasures of life rather than his duty in life. So anyway, so these sinners are included. To, to make sure that we understand that Jesus has come to save sinners everywhere they may be found on planet earth, not just those in Israel. So, powerful passage. There in Matthew's Gospel, so praise God for that. Don't forget, coming up right now, we need a contestant for our game show. We're going to be launching into, on the other side of the break anyway, launching into Fear and Trembling, our Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a fun laugh. We teach a little bit about the faith. I guarantee you're going to learn something you did not know about your Catholic faith. And prizes are involved, thanks to isaiahbooks.co.uk. They're uh, donating a bundle of Christmas books for children. And if you'd like to have an opportunity, maybe even three opportunities, to win that bundle this year, well, all I need you to do is call right now, 877-757-9424. We'll take the first caller. And you don't even need to know the answers to the questions. We take care of that for you as well. So it's super easy, super fun, and uh, pretty much risk-free. Everybody's been getting uh, perfect game scores so right, far. This week we've had uh,
4: nothing but perfect game. I'm like, oh, I guess we're the questions are too easy. So, hopefully we have harder questions today. And right now I'm looking at the uh, the calls and uh, right now good news, there are no calls. That means that the next person who calls will be our contestant.
2: So, praise God for that. 877-757-9424 going to go to break right now be back with fear and trembling so uh, jump on the line become our contestant it'll be a lot of fun it'll be super easy i promise 877-757-9424 call us right now 877-757-9424 we'll be right back with fear and trembling don't forget alex Treveno for mission 180 is also our guest in the show plus more breaking news and headlines with fran fawcett all that and much more of catholic drive times coming up next don't go anywhere we'll be right back
6: We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org.
1: Protestants like to use James 2.10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin, because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin, because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin.
2: Joe Welcome back to Fear and Trembling, that Catholic trivia game show that lets you work out your uh, salvation in fear and in trembling by the seat of your pants. Okay, I stole that from St. Paul. All right, so uh, I get no original credit for that, but it's still a fun time. And here's how this works. Uh, because Emily's out right now, David Magliannis has been... Uh, volunteering for some odd reason to come in and be uh, be tortured during the game show today. Good morning, David. Good morning. Is it
13: really volunteering or is it part of a new contract extension <laughs> that uh, I got to work out?
2: You, you got to read the fine print when you sign up, okay? Uh, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> it gets you every time, but it's good to have you on the show.
13: Yeah, know? it's good to be here.
2: It's fun time, right? It is fun. And like so far, everybody's getting perfect scores, so I, how hard could this be? They are hard though. No. Yes they are. Come on. All
13: right, we'll see, we'll Come see today.
2: <laughs> and of course, Adrian is going to be the other uh, other uh, contributing factor to this game show. So here's how this works, okay? So I have three questions in my hand here. Three questions and three opportunities. We have a prize from isaiahbooks.co.uk, a bundle of books for children for Christmas, and the winner will pull a name out of the the coffee cup of divine providence on friday and that person will get the, these books shipped to them so praise god for that thank you to isaiah books for sponsoring the game show prize this week each question presents a chance at an entry into the cup and uh in the drawing for the prize so we have that cup sitting on the dash here and we're going to put all the names inside and uh and on friday like i said we'll draw a name so every question that the The contestant gets right, gets an entry, but we're not asking the contestant the questions. No, we ask David, we ask Adrian, one of them will have a right answer, one of them will have a wrong answer, and then there will be fifteen seconds on the clock for the caller to decide who is right, who is wrong, and then we will know. And so that's how the game works. Let's turn to our phone call uh, Christina. Good morning, Thank you for calling in. Good morning. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, thanks for getting up early and being a part of our program. Where are you from?
6: I'm from Houston, Texas.
2: What church do you go to? Uh,
6: St. John Vianney.
2: Ah, oh, nice. St. John Vianney. Wonderful, big, huge, awesome church. We love that place. Praise God for that. Are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for 2020 to be over?
10: Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we all are, actually. Are you ready for the game? Do you understand the rules? Are you ready to play? All right, here you go. We are going to start with David and uh, with the first question. Are you ready, David? I am ready,
13: yes. Are you ready? Give us the easy one first. This is
2: the easiest one of all three. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. What is actual sin?
13: Wow. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So uh, let me think about that for a second.
2: What is actual sin?
13: All right, so we have these laws. From okay. God. Some God, you know, he, he laid out these laws for us. So, so I'm going to go something to the effect of uh, uh, any willful thought, you know, uh, action, you know, something of that nature, omission, uh, forbidden by the laws of God.
2: Wow. I'm going to go with that. Very,
13: something like that. Very
2: precise answer.
13: Well, you know, uh, it has to do with laws okay. and then any okay. willful act.
2: All right. Very good. Very good. Let's see what Adrian says. Adrian, what is actual <laughs> sin? Okay. Um... Actual sin
4: is any any sin that you uh,
2: you commit actually. <laughs> <laughs> any sin that you commit actually. I'm going to say I'm, I'm going on a limb here. I don't have a doctorate in theology, but that seemed less precise. I'm it, just saying. You know, it's it's, saying. it's it's an answer. It's an
4: answer. It's so, an answer. So,
2: okay, Adrian's on the board for any actual sins committed. Very circular in that response. <laughs> and uh, and and David is on the board for any willful thought. You said desire or action against God's forbidden laws. Is that what you said? Yes. All right. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Christina from Houston. Who's right? Who's wrong? Christina, what say you?
6: That's a pretty close answer. I think uh, I'll go with um, Adrian.
2: You're going to go with Adrian. Survey says... oh Oh, i'm so sorry not Uh, precise enough christina i'm
4: so (laughs) sorry yeah i
2: mean technically i mean technically correct answer is any willful thought desire word action or omission forbidden by the laws of god uh but uh, it was a good try though we have two more chances two more opportunities and i think the answers the questions only get easier from here so praise god for that christina are you ready I'm ready. Okay, here we go. We'll go to Adrian first this time. What is the spiritual substance, which is the principle of life in man and is immortal? Oh,
4: dude, that's super easy. Uh, yeah, that's like classic De Anima, Aristotle, <laughs> oh, okay. Thomas Aquinas. Whatever. It's the soul, man. The soul is the uh, the life giving property. Of the
2: body. So the soul. You're on the board for the soul. That's what I'm on the board for. Very good. And uh, David, what is the spiritual substance which is the principle of life in man and is immortal?
13: Okay, so uh, spiritual mm. substance, I'm going to go with Holy Spirit. You're going to go with the Holy yep. Spirit? Our Holy Spirit
2: okay. in man. What is the spiritual substance which is the principle of life in man and is immortal? You're on the board for the Holy Spirit. Yes. All right. Adrian's on the board for the soul, and David is on the board for the Holy Spirit. 15 seconds on the clock. Christina, who's right? Who's wrong? What say you?
10: Um, I would say Adrian.
2: Survey says?
10: Woo! Yay!
2: Congratulations. Congratulations, Christina. Very good. I was worried that David was going to throw you a curveball there and uh, didn't want you to swing on that one. So good job, Christina. Well done. You're in the the coffee cup of divine providence. Congratulations. You'll You'll be in the drawing for the winning for the prize pack from Isaiah Books. But we still have one more shot to increase your chances of winning. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. Last question. Super easy. This is the super easy question. Back to you, David. We're going first. What ruler first erected St. Peter's Basilica in Rome? What ruler first erected St. Peter's Basilica?
13: Wow, this is an easy question. Super easy. Wow. Okay, so, um, wow, that was a while back. That's, that was a while back.
2: You remember those
13: days? Yeah, I, I kind of do. I knew you guys were
2: <laughs> old, but <laughs> have you been to Rome, David? Yes. Okay, so a you couple should know this. You should know
13: this. Yeah, obviously the plaque is right there. It's where right yeah, there. it's right there when you walk in. yes. When you
2: go down to the crypt, there's a whole display explaining.
13: <laughs> exactly. It. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Julius, II. Julius, Julius the Second.
2: Julius the Second. Yeah, right.
13: not the first. Not the first. No, no, the second. Very specific. Yes, the second.
2: Okay. All right. So you're on the board for Julius the Second. Adrian, which ruler First, erected the first one to erect St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. Yes,
4: uh, so yes, in the Eastern Church, they actually refer to this king okay. as a saint. Really, yes, and Seriously? but in the Western Church, we call him Constantine, in the Eastern Church, we call him Saint Constantine. Hmm. So, Saint Constantine, yep, he wasn't yep, yep. baptized till his deathbed, right? And even then, by an Arian bishop. Well, that's what they say. I don't know. The Eastern Church is very stalwart in
2: saying that he's a saint. So, all right, so you're on the board for. Constantine, or as the uh, the Orthodox say, St. Constantine. And Adrian is on the board for Julius II. You no, said? you did it completely backwards. Who did I say? Uh, I said Constantine. David Th- said Julius. Julius II. David's on the board for Julius II. The second. Adrian is on the board for Constantine. Clara? Okay, now I hopefully I haven't confused Christine. <laughs> who has to answer? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Christine, what say you? I mean, I'll go with David. You're going to go with David. Survey says... I'm so sorry, Christine. (laughs) In fact, it was Constantine. And uh, yes, in fact, he became one of the greatest uh, providers for church architecture and building uh, up to that point for sure. And many years thereafter, he built the original basilica. And they have a great model of it as you enter the crypt under St. Peter's Basilica. So someday... It would be awesome to take another trip there. Christine, God love you. You are, in fact, in the drawing. You will have an opportunity to win the prize from Isaiah Books, the bundle of Christmas books for children, thanks to isaiahbooks.co.uk. So, Christina, thanks for being a good sport today. God love you. Thank you. Have a great day, Christine. And, again, thank you for being on our program. And that's going to do it for Fear and Trembling. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We have more breaking news and headlines with our volunteer, Fran Fawcett, plus our interview with uh, Alex Trevano from Mission 180, all coming up on more of Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
1: Atheists claim theists are essentially no different than atheists because we reject gods, too, such as Greek and Roman gods. But this is plain absurdity. What's our reason? First, it's an abuse of language. A theist believes in at least one god. An atheist doesn't believe in any god. They're mutually exclusive terms. To say a theist is an atheist to most gods is like saying a married man is a bachelor to most women. Second, it's bad reasoning. To say I'm an atheist because I reject some gods is like saying I'm an anarchist, one who rejects all forms of government because I reject communism and fascism, some forms of government. But that's silly. So the claim that atheists and theists are no different doesn't hold water. I'm Carlo Brusord with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Father John
0: Bartunek. In his book the better part wrote gratitude is one of the most beautiful flowers in the whole garden of virtues it directly contradicts self-centeredness self-indulgence and self-absorption. It builds bridges, unites communities, and softens hearts. It encourages and inspires. It cuts through discouragement and counteracts depression. It opens the soul to the truth Mm -hmm. and releases anxiety. It brings smiles and gladness wherever it blooms. What a pity that it is as rare as it is lovely. When was the last time you were truly grateful to our Lord for the spouse He has given to you? When was the last time that you told your spouse you are very grateful for him or her? Gratitude goes a long way in healing wounds. Give it a try. Go home today and tell your spouse how grateful to God you are that he or she married you. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
3: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. In your news headlines today, Hungary's parliament passed a law this week defining the family as having a wo- woman and uh, as the mother and a man as the father. This effectively bans adoptions by same-sex couples. Approximately half of Hungary's population identifies as Roman Catholic. Earlier this year, Hungary also passed a law declaring a person's gender to be that of their biological sex at birth. The International Criminal Court declined to investigate the Chinese government for their detention of ethnic and religious minorities. While declining to proceed with the allegations of human rights abuses, the court left open the possibility of future action. The complaints were filed by exiled Uyghurs who claim the Chinese government is guilty of genocide and crimes against humanity. A priest of the congregation of the Sons of Mary, Mother of Mercy, was kidnapped in Nigeria Tuesday while traveling to say Mass at his father's funeral. His car was forced off the road by four men. His congregation is calling for fervent prayers for Father Valentine's immediate release. An appeals court struck down Nevada's coronavirus rules for houses of worship, The Ninth Court of Appeals stated on December 15th that the restrictions effectively barring many from attending religious services strike at the very heart of the First Amendment's guarantee of religious liberty. In India, the nation's top court considering banning the sacrament of confession. The case arose in June 2018 when the Orthodox Church suspended five priests following allegations of sexual abuse. The public interest litigation claims the priests abused a mother by using her confession secrets to blackmail her. Back in the U.S., Joe Biden's nominee for the Office of Management and Budget, Neera Tandon, has a history of anti-religious advocacy. Tandon is president and CEO of the Center for American Progress, a major advocate of the federal mandate used against the Little Sisters of the Poor. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops reliance on the Catholic Campaign for Human Development facing stiff criticism. According to a Lepanto Institute detailed vi- video, the campaign for human development is guilty of boldly lying to the bishops and, quote, wild inaccuracies. The Lepanto Institute reports that the bishops were apparently deceived into actively supporting the election of Joe Biden and the defeat of Donald Trump. Pro-life leader Abby Johnson released a video statement blasting the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops regarding their recent approval of the abortion-tainted COVID vaccines. The USCCB has said there is a distant connection between abortion and some of the vaccines. Johnson accuses the bishops of talking out of both sides of their mouth, saying abortion is evil and we should not compromise with evil, but it's okay in this situation. The USCCB says that there is such a remote connection to abortion in both the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines that it would be morally justified to get that vaccine. However, the AstraZeneca vaccine is morally compromised and should be avoided if there are Alternatives available. And finally, in what seems a Babylon Beast story but is not, the University of Texas School of Journalism is introducing two awards with $5,000 prizes. The Dan Rather Medals for News and Guts will recognize college and professional journalists who, quote, overcome obstacles like stonewalling and harassment to speak truth to power. Texan Dan Rather. Long time of CBS News had to step down for mendacity in 2014. And those are your headlines with a Catholic perspective.
2: Praise be to Jesus. You survived your first day. (laughs) Congratulations, (laughs) Congratulations, <laughs> Volunteer of the Year Award, uh, Fran Fawcett, for uh, an, an experienced uh, journalist, too, Fran. So I can't thank you enough for your generous gift, and we're looking forward to having you back tomorrow if you'll come, of uh, course.
3: Uh, well, if if Emily is still ailing, and, and thank you, Emily, for the notes that you sent me. I appreciate them very much.
4: <laughs> yeah, she's actually listening you. right now. Yeah. She texted me and was like, oh my gosh, who is that reading the news? She's amazing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> a thousand years of experience. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're very grateful to you, friend. God love you. Uh, joining us by Zoom right now is uh, Alex Trevano from Mission 180. Mission 180 is a series of Catholic, 180 Catholic videos exploring the richness and beauty of the Catholic faith. Alex, good morning to you, and thanks for being on our program.
5: Good morning. How's it going? Thanks so much for having me on today.
2: Yeah. Praise Jesus. I'm alive. Right. And that counts. (laughs) counts. Did you hear about the blood uh, in Naples that refused to liquefy yesterday?
5: It's funny you bring that up because we do have an episode on St. Januarius on the Mission 180 video series. really? We talk about it because, you know, it's a once a year phenomenon. Once a year, twice a year. It's three times a year. Okay. And three times. I was wrong. (laughs) <laughs> and uh it's supposed to liquefy and this year it didn't obviously like a couple days ago and that usually signifies some sort of like famine, yeah, foreboding. Or war, yeah. or I don't know, pandemic. I don't know. <laughs> I mean,
2: I thought we checked that box already, but yeah. apparently we got more. I mean, twenty
5: twenty was like starting to turn around, and now you know yeah. the blood didn't liquefy. So yeah, that's a know.
4: good, a good fun twenty twenty one. Yeah,
5: great, great, great ending to the year for sure.
2: <laughs> All right, well, Mission One Eighty. Uh, this has been one of your passion projects. Tell us about this. What, what is this?
5: Yeah, so I mean, you, you described it very, very well, you know, when you, when you brought me up, um, it's a series of 180 videos, each video um, is trying to sort of uh, lay out a, an aspect of the beauty of the Catholic faith in a very short and succinct way. So, you know, each of these videos, it's not like it's a thesis statement on, you know, a certain topic, it's a little two to three minute segment, mm. um, almost always brought by a priest, we wanted to put the priesthood into positive lights, so we have five awesome priests that give almost all the topics. And then after each topic, um, we all get together and pray a decade of the rosary. So each episode lasts about seven, eight minutes, mm. roughly. And so you know, three minutes of that is going to be like your lesson, and then the other four minutes is a pre-recorded uh, praying of the decade of the rosary for the renewal of the Catholic Church in America.
2: Wow! And yeah. what what inspired you to start this project?
5: So it's actually uh, from a, from a donor in, in a group of donors in Pennsylvania who saw that, you know, the church was lacking uh, uh, um, formation in the education system, especially in in middle schools and high schools and uh, in, in colleges. And so this isn't sort of a solution to a problem saying, well, let's put, you know, good orthodox content in front of kids faces 180 days. So mm. 180 days is obviously um, the uh, number of Uh, school days in a year. So the Mm -hmm. idea is to watch one every day during school. And so that was sort of the in the impetus to sort of get the series out. And uh, I connected with these donors. And I said, I want to do this. Uh, At First, I had no idea it was 180. I just thought it was going to be like a couple episodes. And you know, when I asked, I guess like, how many videos are you talking about? Um, 180. And like, and I thought he said, like, 18, or, you know, not 180. And so it was a pretty daunting <laughs> test to put together 180 of these, of these bad boys. But uh, how long did that take you? Uh, about
2: a year, about a year. Wow. About a year.
5: Yeah. So a year to plan everything out, to shoot everything and to edit everything and to yeah. have the website done. It took literally 12 months. Actually, it's funny. On, um, we started on, on October 9th and literally on October 9th of 2020, I turned in the very last episode. Really? Like two months ago. Yeah. So it was wow. Th- exactly 365 days. So no if kidding. you, uh,
4: if someone wanted to watch it, I mean, how would you, how would they go about it? Do they have to like start, wait until the year, school year starts and start watching or so how does that work exactly?
5: That, that's a great question, Adrian. I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> I was going to talk about that right now. Um, you know, everything with the, with the 2020 pandemic sort of changed things because obviously schools shut down. And so it was, you know, and then going into 2020 school year, um, you know, a lot of kids are doing remote learning. So Mission 180, we really pivoted and made it sort of this, this, um, this like tool that anybody could use during, in any situation at any time. So like we didn't put an order to the episodes anymore. We just let 180 episodes be easily accessible. It wasn't tied to like a curriculum per se. It was more of like, you know oh, today's the Feast of um, October 4th, St. Francis of Assisi. We have an episode for that. Use that one today. Um, and so it's very easy. You just go to mission180.org. And you just literally sign up for a free account. And that's a huge thing, too. It's 100% free. We're not charging a penny to access these videos. Wow. It's 100% free.
2: Uh, are, it's in English. Are you going to be producing anything in Spanish? It's uh, in English. English and uh, uh, our subtitles goal for 2021. Go ahead. Our
5: goal for 2021 is uh, to do the entire uh, Mission 180 series in Espanol. In Spanish. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're going to do it all in Spanish, too. Uh, that's amazing. That's, that's one of the first things. That's one of the first things I get is is from people who like up here in Dallas from a, a couple of the Spanish speaking parishes. We love it, but we'd really love for you know for there to be Spanish speaking priests speaking to our Hispanic audience. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm, I'm fluent in Spanish, so thankfully it's a nice, it's a great little great way I can you know give a solution and say, yeah, that's absolutely part of our plan. Uh, uh, praise be to God. I know
4: that's there's a, there's that's a huge need in the Spanish community that there's not any kind of good catechetical anything really. It's all so that's a praise be to Jesus. I know a lot of uh, my family's Spanish-speaking friends and family. They um have they're they're always looking for something, and there's hardly right. ever anything out there. So this is is great. So do you know when that would be rolling out?
5: Probably about a, a year from now. Uh, you know, we, we learned enough, enough lessons the first time around where hopefully it's a little easier this time around. So <laughs> hopefully it doesn't take a whole year this time, but uh, we'll probably start in the spring putting mm. together the plan.
2: We're talking with Alex Trevano about Mission 180. You can find it at mission180.org. We're also going to link to it on our live video feed over at facebook.com forward slash GRN online. We also post links to all the articles we discuss in the show as well. So head on over there if you want to find like the show notes, so to speak, in the com box. But uh, Alex Trevano from Mission 180 is our guest this uh, for the rest of this hour. And we're talking about this wonderful opportunity. Now, I look at this product, um, Alex and i yeah. what i see is the family like you've got your main banner image on your website has a family sitting on the couch watching the tv and watching one of the one of these videos right. it, to me it seems like the this is really aimed at transforming entire families
5: right and like i said you know covid kind of changed our plans a lot and uh you know like literally march 15th i had a list of you know, a couple, couple hundred, couple thousand, a few hundred, couple thousand schools to call. Mm. And then every school shut down for the rest of the year. And so I had to just sort of put together, uh, uh, like a ragtag list of, you know, parishes, schools, families, connections that I had and just start and just got on the phone with a lot of people and said, you know, you're stuck at home right now. You're going to probably not go anywhere for a couple of weeks start watching episodes, get an account. And, uh, and so I asked parishes to send out email blasts to their parishioners to say, hey, this is a resource you can use at home. And then the feedback we started getting back from these families where they started saying things like, you know, it's been such a challenge getting my kids and I to pray every night. Wow. And you have made it very simple with the videos. So we're going to keep watching it and recommending it to our friends. You changed our prayer lives. Thank you so much. So getting all of that feedback definitely uh, inspired me, inspired the team to move forward in that new direction to say, hey, let's get this into the hands of families yeah. uh, and make that a priority because of just the way the world is now. Uh, you yeah. know, people are stuck at home. People don't, you know, they... they they don't want to, you know. They think they're scared of sort of saying, "Oh, I can't hold really that jump thought." Into like a fool. Oh, go ahead.
2: Do me a favor and hold that th- thought, Alex. Uh, that music means we got to go to a break. When we come back. We'll uh, continue our conversation with Alex Trevanio from Mission One Hundred and Eighty, uh, ch- transforming families and evangelizing the world. That's the conversation coming up next on kind of Drive Time.
11: The Daily Mass is moving to the afternoon. Holy Mass has been a beloved component of our programming lineup for 20 years in the early morning time slot on the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are excited to announce that the 3 p.m. hour will become a holy hour, starting with the Divine Mercy Chaplet, followed by sacred music or spiritual reflections, and concluding with the Holy Mass at 3.30. The Holy Mass on the Guadalupe Radio Network, every weekday at 3.30 p.m.,
2: Jesus Christ, welcome back to Calvin Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you this morning. We're in our final segment for today's program. Don't forget tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a great show. We're going to be speaking with Steve Mosher from the Population Research Institute, or better known as the bully. Uh, He wrote the book, The Bully of Asia, about China. Tomorrow, it's all things China. Did you know China's in a trade war? With Australia at the moment, they're building a $200 million facility right off their coast. And they've, uh, they've kept 70 ships filled with Australian coal at harbor, un- not unloading and not letting the sailors get off for more than five months now. They're stuck on these boats. It's pretty tragic. So we'll be talking about that and everything else about China tomorrow on the program. But joining us right now again is Alex Trevino from Mission 180. Welcome back to the program, Alex.
5: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I didn't realize I was going to get cut off or else off. I would have yeah. succinctly told that, it's <laughs> that, what that story do. at the end. I
2: cut people off. That's my job. <laughs> okay. It says you it right yeah, you in to. the description of my, of my tasks. <laughs> cut off the guests as much as possible. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> You're welcome to finish your point that uh, that you were trying to make before we had to go to break.
5: No, you summed it up very, very succinctly. It's, 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 it's become a family evangelization tool. It's really a thing that's bringing families together, especially during yeah. you know, this crazy 2020 we've had. It's been a good, it's been a good thing to see so many people use.
2: One of the things we saw on Mission 180 that piqued our curiosity was Our Lady of Texas, right, Adrian? Absolutely. I saw uh,
4: on this, looking at the website, Joe was telling me, he was like, oh, you have to check out this Mission 180 thing. And uh, I was like, oh, I've never heard of it. So I went on the website and I saw this Our Lady of Texas in the video. And I was like, "Yeah, what is this? (laughs) I've never heard of this.
5: Can I I give you the the quick little, like, Uh, one
4: minute? Yes, give the two minute one. (laughs)
5: All right. <laughs> okay, perfect. Even better. Okay. So um, so Janice Connell is an author from here in the United States. And in the 1970s, she went into the Library of Congress doing research for a book. And she uncovered these newspaper articles and I guess like magazines and journals of uh, George Washington getting an appearance of Our Lady, who we suspect is Our Lady. Wow. I mean, so he's at Valley Forge, and he's sitting there. He's all dejected because you know it's going to be a strong winter. And what he says is, "The most beautiful woman in the world appeared to me and told me to keep fighting." And um, it was it was a common event that a lot of people knew about in the early 1800s. And sadly, that story went away for a long time until she rediscovered it in the 70s. Wow! And so, what we believe, what I believe, is that it was Our Lady. I mean, anybody can believe whatever they want, but. That's what they believed at the time, though, was that this mysterious woman was the Virgin Mary. Mm. And uh, it was pretty common. So the reason why it ties to her is she was here in Texas giving a talk on her book about George Washington and Our Lady. And um, these sawmill workers from Fort Worth just showed up to the the book signing. Uh, Usually these things have like 15, 20 people. Everyone's over the age of 80. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, that's, you, how, they, that's were, how they go.
2: Did you come to my book signing? Because that's uh, pretty much Sunday. Right <laughs> Someone there. came to your book signing, Joe? Okay, technically, oh, no. Nobody <laughs> yeah. came to my book signing.
5: Yeah. But. So, so then all these all these sawmill workers show up to the book signing and say, we have no idea why we're here, but we were told by this lady who showed up at our sawmill, like this mysterious woman, that wow. we needed to come here and talk to you. And so she asked them questions. and They were all like Protestant. And she had a, and she talking about the Virgin Mary and the more that she was describing the Virgin Mary, the more they were saying, oh, yeah, like that's the woman that came to the psalm and told us to come to this book signing. And so, th- 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 so I tell th- <laughs> So those two videos, Our Lady of Our Lady and George Washington, and Our Lady of Texas, mm. they're put there just to show that, you know, to open up that possibility that God is alive and working miracles today and he can work one in your life. Yeah. Amen. 20 years ago. And we're not, It's not like we're saying like, oh, it's hundred percent real. You know, like it's all bishop approved. We're not going to go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not doing. We're not. we we're not opening up that avenue. Yeah, we will we'll say is you know that there that just to open up the possibility in, in people's lives that you know the miracles that happened, um, you know, with Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Guadalupe, yeah. Lords, and all the other miracles that we know that they can still happen today.
2: You know, and we just celebrated the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe last Saturday. It's one of my favorite uh, stories to share. It's beautiful. You know, and yeah. I don't mean story as in fictional, I mean like you know telling the, the, the actual events that are so powerful and so magnificent. That's why I have Our Lady hanging over my shoulder here. Yeah, yeah, Our Lady yeah. Of Guadalupe to uh to remind us of this monumental event that transformed you know million literally millions of families in, in this in a very short and narrow space of time, too. Uh, she appears in fifteen thirty one and between between 1532 and 1536, there's records of, of like six million, five to six million baptisms, you know, Indians coming to the missionaries and asking to be baptized. Not the other way around. It's kind of a right. fascinating story. Transforming the the nature of, of what it... Of life in the Americas at the time in a fundamental way at the, while at the same time in Europe people were abandoning the church it's a pretty powerful story I
5: was just having that that conversation with a friend where you know on one side of the world you're having the Protestant Reformation you're having people leave the church in droves you're having kings sort of declare their new religions mm. and if you just shift your focus to the other side of the world all those people that are leaving we're making up those numbers over here on this yeah. side yeah uh, it was just fascinating you know, i hadn't even I had never thought about that
2: yeah, and, you know, it's a great story to dive into and to study and to study carefully. My wife just purchased the, the Warren Carroll's book on Our Lady of Guadalupe, The Conquest of Darkness, and it is so fantastic. I highly recommend it for awesome. everyone to read. But, you know, I think it begs the question, how often are we, you know, learning our faith, studying our faith? What resources are we investing in to, uh, to understand the history of our church, or apparitions of Our Lady, or or just anything related to our faith, I think too often we, I mean, I'm thinking of myself here, uh, we pick this up and we entertain ourselves, we keep ourselves abreast of whatever, and uh, we're not really diving into our faith, which is why a product like Mission 180 is super important. And I say product, but it's free. It's totally free. But it's
5: free. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's literally no risk. All we need is your, your name and email and you're, and you're all set.
2: So, what are your goals? I mean, you're about to publish, uh, you're work embarking on the Spanish side of the program, but what do you what do you hope to accomplish ultimately through this effort?
5: Um, you know, our, with this, it's it's transforming families. It's getting people to pray more. It's getting people to love their faith more. And more importantly, to me, is to live is for is as uh, a call for people to live out their faith. Because it's not enough to just read about it. It's not enough to just learn. It's it's you have to go out into the world and and actually live it out and be an example uh, for other people. And so that's ultimately what I want this, this series to be and any work that I ever do Mm -hmm. is to embolden people to live out their faith and live out the authentic teachings of the Catholic church in, in a joyful and and positive way.
2: Here's a question. um, Because in my house, we kicked out the cable television years and years and years ago. And and it was a great decision for my wife and I and our family Uh, We do still have a television and we have uh, we have the ability to watch, you know, connected content on that television. And so a couple nights a week, maybe we might have uh, a family viewing night where we're watching something that we've selected. Is it possible to watch Mission 180 on the big screen? Is there a way to connect uh, with you through an app or through the, the phone or the computer? How do we connect it to the big screen?
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's plenty of options. You can HDMI cable from your computer to your TV. If you have an Apple TV, if you have like a if you have like a an internet browser that's connected to your TV, you can do that. Um, you can smart cast from your from your iPhone up to the TV. Nice. So there's yeah, there's plenty of ways to do it, and uh, there's there's I I, I know of, of plenty of people who watch it on like a big screen or um, on bigger screens than just their phones.
2: Yeah, super important. I think. But- No app. That's what you're
5: asking. We don't have an app yet.
2: Are you planning on it? I hadn't
5: thought about it, actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> now I feel
2: like I have to. <laughs> now I've, I have uh, shamed you into it. I feel good about myself. Yeah. Okay? I feel like I've accomplished something today. Uh, all right, praise be to Jesus Christ. What a wonderful resource we have available to us. Mission 180, mission180.org. Uh, we've linked to it. Or actually, I would say my spouse has linked to it. She did the job for me. She didn't even wait for me to do it. She posted it awesome. over at facebook.com forward slash GRN online. Uh, last couple of minutes we have on our program today Alex. How are you and your family celebrating Advent?
5: Um, we're doing, you know, the typical traditions of uh, you know, like the the wreath and we've like I mean I, I was gonna say my, my house I tried to repair but I went full Griswold and I've just <laughs> got like stuff everywhere. I couldn't help. myself. Did you really?
2: I mean, yeah, it's not even Christmas, Alex, but you one of the big,
5: that. I know I'm, I'm so, I'm so bad, <laughs> but, um, one of the things I am doing though is, uh, is in this, and this just kind of happened happenstances. we're definitely, we're doing the ember days. Um, right wow! Christmas. You know yeah. we were
4: going to talk about that yesterday, and forgot, but we <laughs> forgot. So,
5: Bishop of Syracuse, and this was the inspiration. The Bishop of Syracuse instituted the Ember Days in his diocese for the whole year. Wow! Uh, starting this week, and so I read that the other day, and I said this would be so perfect to do before Christmas. Yeah. So it's yesterday. To, today and uh, saturday you
2: fast, yesterday stain, tomorrow and, and saturday it,
5: yeah. yeah there you go yesterday tomorrow saturday so i'm still gonna do it today i guess so all four right ember so days for me
2: three minutes <laughs> on the clock before we have to say goodbye uh, what is an ember day
5: so an ember day is a it's a day it, it, there's four periods of ember days per year winter spring summer fall and they typically, they coincide with the different solstices. So we have like the winter solstice happening now. Um, they happen after four specific feast days after, I think it's Ash Wednesday, Pentecost, Exaltation of the Cross, Feast of St. Lucy, December 13th. And they're just extra days where you give thanksgiving to God for, you know, an abundance of food, good weather. It's mostly tied to like nature and things of the earth. And you're sort of praying for a continuation of those blessings. And the way you do it is you pray and fast in thanksgiving and so they're just extra fasting and abstinence days they're like our ash wednesdays or good fridays where you fast and abstain from meat you do that three days so um so adrian right it's it's uh Wednesday, it's, Thursday,
2: Saturday? Uh, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, yes. Wednesday,
5: Friday,
2: Saturday. There you go. Now, if I'm and, not mistaken, Adrian, you can correct me, but it used to be that the church required these ember days. Yes. So but befo- no longer yes. does.
4: Right. Before, uh, they it was required by the universal church by abounding by mortal sin. Now, it is optional, so you can do it or not do it. If you don't do it, you're not committing a sin of any kind. Uh, but it
2: is a pious practice, and mm. me and my family are doing it this year. Wonderful. Praise be to Jesus. You know, that's what I love about when St. Paul says to uh, hold fast to the traditions that we've handed on by word of mouth or by letter in Second Thessalonians. Uh, you know, what is the tradition of the Church? It's not just the extraordinary form of the Mass. It's more than that. And it's the teaching, uh, the magisterial teaching of the Church, but it's also things like Ember Days. What a wonderful thing to embrace for the family in the Advent season. Alex, uh, last words. Uh, we're about to run out of time.
5: Last words? Oh, man. Well, I, I will do a little Advent plug Advent is for... about
2: the coming of Christ, even the second coming, and you're now you're yeah. out of time. Wow. Yeah. Last words. <laughs> nothing. You I got will, nothing. I, I, will do,
5: I will do my line. No, I will do a little <laughs> plug. Real um, quick. You know co-hosting GRN Alive tomorrow. It's our last day. You kind of kicked kicked me off my job with your morning show, so thank you. Well, praise we're me a lot to of Jesus. Fun tomorrow. Alex are yeah,
2: Alex Trevino from Mission180.org. God love you. God bless you. Thank you for being on our program today.
5: Thank you so much. God bless you. We're
2: well, looking forward to having you back very soon. That's going to do it for Catholic Drive Time. I want to thank Fran Fawcett for volunteering to read the news today. David Maggianis for being a part of our trivia game show. We're praying Emily will get swell soon and be back on our program. And, of course, Adrian Fonseca for uh, spinning all the plates. Adrian on the ones and twos, as I say. Uh, producing the show. And thank you, dear listener, for being a part of our program. Subscribe, like, share, and tell everybody about the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Drive Time. We'll see you tomorrow with Steve Mosher. God bless. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic
0: Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite
2: Catholic radio station